Welcome to a podcast on marketing. I'm your host, Jordan Ogren, and this is a podcast where we talk about marketing. First question, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, thanks for having me, Jordan. Super excited to be here. Uh, so I'm Eric Hess, one of the owners over here at Social Surge Marketing. Um, really just a- anything digital in the marketing space. So we do anything from social media, SEO, website design, email, really it's all over the place. Um, specifically, I'm on the business development side and uh, more on like the website side of things, SEO more specifically. Nice, nice. What is something lately you've been obsessed with in business, marketing, SEO, websites, or maybe you've been obsessed with it, you've been geeking out for it, on it for a while? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I would say there's kind of two things like right now that we've been pushing really heavily. And the first one is just Google business pages, and that's nothing new but it's been something that we've just seen so much success with lately, especially for local companies. Um, and Google really seems to be pushing that, that, that pretty heavily. So, so are we. Um, the other big thing is user experience on websites. And that's like one of the biggest things in my opinion that, that Google keeps pushing and in the intent of a website, like is that being satisfied and making sure that if your if your website is meant to you know sell, if it's e-commerce, like if someone gets to your store, they should be you know buying more often. Well, not more often than not, but they should definitely be buying. And so th- those types of things are really what we've been pushing a lot lately and focusing on. Hmm. Yeah. To your point about Google pushing like the business page, I think I was on YouTube and I saw an ad for like a company. I think it was probably fictional, but maybe it was real that they built the the page for their. So yeah, they're obviously pushing and with Google with the things they push, they'll most likely reward, you know, that's kind of how they play. So that's, that's good that you're kind of geeking out on that or, or going deeper on that with your uh, clients. And a simple question I like to ask, I get sometimes different um, answers is, is what is marketing for? What is the job that marketing should get done for a business? That's a awesome question. I like that a lot. And I think like when people hear marketing and they don't necessarily like know what it is, they have this like convoluted image in their head. And like a lot of the times we'll have people come to us and it's like marketing should be getting me leads. Like they, they confuse it almost in a way with sales. Um, and that can be like very interesting and tricky, but like marketing to me, like when you ask what exactly it is, it's, it's just a part of an organization of a business of a company that that's needed of a person, you know, like personal branding is in my opinion, like a part of, of marketing. So, you know, it's a part of a business. It's a part of an organization that's there to, to supplement everything else and to the end result of it is to help you grow, but not necessarily like just lead generation or something. Um, I was just, we actually just did a podcast ourselves, and one of the topics was on um, branding and like what exactly, like why that's so important. And, you know, that was a big topic there is like marketing is branding. Like it's a big piece of everything you should be doing. So when you say marketing is branding, the words are synonymous or you should be doing branding when you're doing marketing? One of the biggest goals, if not the biggest goal of what you're doing with like marketing should be brand awareness. And that's a lot of the times missed, or at least we mm-hmm. see it being missed. And that's something that we really try and you know, just communicate effectively and making sure that without brand, a lot of the times you can't do the other things that you want to do with marketing and sales or whatever that looks like. And they need to work together. 
Yeah, I like that a lot. Obviously, you can always break down marketing simply into performance and brand. You know, there's performance. We're trying to, you know, run ads. We're doing all these kind of performance things, short term, you can argue. And then we have this other side of initiatives of actions that are brand marketing. It's all long term. It's going to pay us in two, three, four years. They're not the sexy stocks, but they're the cash bonds or the things that will bring you value. And it's more or less not an if or like which one do we do? It's how much are we investing in each and when do we invest in them? How do you, when you're working with a company, how do you think through that lens of like, when do we focus on doing, you know, Google ads more than kind of posts on social media? Or do you always try to keep somewhat of like a 50-50, you're always doing long-term to short-term uh, initiatives? Yeah, I would say that there's never a cookie cutter approach to it. And every single business is so different like not not even in like the what they do or who they are or whatever but like where they're at in their in their business journey as well like if you are looking at a business that sells shoes and they've only been around for one year it is insanely different like the type of marketing that you should be doing versus a a company that's well established has a brand and you know manufacturing company for example that's been around for 50 years like just those two companies not only are they very different in like the, the what they do but they're just so different in the place they are just as an organization as well um so i just i don't think that there's like a what do we do or what do we recommend there like we look at every situation so much differently and evaluate that and talk through that too because like everyone has different goals with marketing too so re- really trying to figure out like what they want out of it Yeah, yeah, you can already see my like mind trying to get an absolute, but I totally agree with you that there is none. It's totally based and it should be somewhat fluctuating constantly. You know, hey, we, our brand's doing well, or hey, we're doing something new. So we want to focus more on brand marketing to let people know the awareness. Uh, So totally get your point. I, I really like that. Now, when you see marketing in the, in the world or you do your own marketing, how do you define marketing as good or bad? Like what metrics, what things go into that dichotomy? And obviously you can quickly rebuttal this and say it's all in the mind of the perceiver, it's all perception based, whatever. But let's put that, put that aside and try to put in stakes in the ground of like what is good versus bad marketing. Yeah, that's another one too that it is tough because you go and you look at a, an organization like Wendy's and you're like, you know, they're, they're treating people poorly on Twitter and they're like trying to be funny, but like that's who they're, their target market is. So I, I think like what makes marketing successful is really identifying, knowing and distributing to your target market, resonating with them. And at the end of the day, like growing the, the, the business, like whether that is long-term, short-term or whatever that is, but um, it has to just like be working together to, to achieve the goal that you're looking at. It either helps you or hurts you. And you might not know like long-term or short-term, but good obviously helps you. Bad marketing hurts you or it just doesn't help you in a sense. It's just like more noise or whatever. I like that. That's a simple way to think through it. What is a strong-held belief, a hill you're willing to die on in marketing that maybe others agree with you, but you're very bullish on this idea? I don't know. I would just say like something probably around SEO and maybe even just saying that almost not definitely not no matter what type of company you are but almost almost no matter what type of company you are like seo is going to be the best thing that you can invest in um not necessarily short term but long term and it's time and time again like a lot of the times we work with companies or new you know businesses that would just are new to us it's that's one of the first things that 
you know, a lot of the times we're recommending because we're able to see those wins and make such a big change. And it's, I think this is well because there's a lot of people out there that are really good at social media. Like they're very good at telling their story. They're very good at um, like that type or that side of it, but they don't know the technical skills to succeed on SEO. And they, they go in and they could do all of the work to succeed on SEO, but maybe they didn't even um, like do keyword research and find a keyword that was either attainable or actually has any traffic or maybe you know, there's so much to it that, you know, that that's probably one of the areas that you should outsource versus like trying to learn just, just because of how much time is, is needed there. Yeah, that's, that's a great point you just finished on is that sometimes with like social media or telling your story, a founder or someone may just be more natural at doing that so they don't need to outsource like how do I tell my story or how do I do social media. But I would argue as well as I've not done SEO extensively, but it is, it's a, it's a learning curve. You have to like understand even from a contextual point of view is like what do people search in Google? Like it's not just like what you may think off top or off rip. It could be something different. And then like you said, doing the research, knowing the tools, SEMrush, all these different tools, ARAFs that you can actually use to then figure uh, things out and put put uh, keywords in and see what, you know, and even like just like the strength of them and all these things that even me, I'm slipping on ice here even thinking about because I don't really understand it. So do you find that many business owners and marketers agree with your sentiment or disagree that SEO is like the, I don't want to say the lowest hanging fruit, but something you almost, like you said, almost always say to invest in for marketing? I would say that it's it's not like a sexy service. You know, you go and you think about like what what's gonna be fun, cool. Like a lot of times when people think of marketing too, they they see cool drone footage and they're like, oh man, I want that or whatever. But it's like, hey, you can do that, but you can also do something that you like know is gonna have a long term standing, uh, just you know, positive impact if done right on your business. So it, it sometimes is, like to answer your original question, yes, it's sometimes hard to explain that because it's also something that a lot of people can't necessarily comprehend, especially, especially if they've never seen that success before and especially if they like, don't understand it. You know, if they don't understand exactly what's going on, it, it's, it is a hard thing to kind of just wrap your head around in general. And like the last kind of piece I'll bring to that is that we, we, we have a lot of people come to us that have had just like terrible experiences with people in the past that like are, you know, quote unquote SEO experts, but haven't done anything positive for them for two years. And they don't, you know, they, they feel like SEO doesn't work or whatever. I mean, that's like anything in marketing or anything in business in general. Yeah. What are some of those things that um, the, these SEO experts or the people that come to you after having bad experiences, what are some things that they typically or routinely say of like, well, they had us do this and it didn't work or like they were having us focus on whatever. Is it just they weren't good or is there like mistakes they were making? I would say like the number one thing is just lack of transparency. And it's like, you don't even know what has been going on for two years. And like that blows my mind. It's like you, these people, like you didn't ask for any types of reports or like they didn't provide any types of reports or like, you know, that type of stuff. It's like, it just blows my mind how people can, I don't, know, I don't want to go into tangent on that, but like, it's just surprising to me that it could be like two years of service in something. And it's like, I, I don't even know if they, if they did anything. It's like, wow. Okay. So it's, it's having a level of transparency where you can A, know what's going on and you can kind of push back or say, I, I, you know, why are we doing this or whatever, where you're saying, 
you know, you or maybe other ones, they're more transparent and you're more of kind of working together or collaborating rather than somebody that's based in Finland, SEO expert that just like does things in the dark and you're paying them X amount a month. And it's like, what are they really doing? I like that. So it's maybe not around the, the tactical things. It's more around maybe the business uh, procedures or how they do that. What is something in marketing or in business that you failed at or you made a big mistake that now you look at it and you're not thankful it happened, but you're like, hey, that was good. Like now I'm better off because of this failure, because of this mistake that happened in my past. I would say like, so you said maybe not be better because of that or, you know, said something around that. And I, I'm happy that that some of these have happened for sure. Um, maybe not at the, in that exact moment, <laughs> but I feel like we've grown the most when we completely like screw something up or whatever but i would say i would say like they're always good but like if i can think of one just off the top of my head you know we had a client very early on uh, in our agency that we were doing just various services with and what what our like mishap was was just really lack of communication and lack of like setting expectations correctly you know, because we're, we, we get through like two, three months of services. We, we sit down we start talking through these things and we're like pumped. We're like, we're doing awesome. This is exactly like what we should be doing. These results are great. And then he comes to us and he's like, well, what the hell? Like, this is terrible. Like, uh, why don't I have 10 leads or whatever by now or Bob, you know? So it's, hmm. it was, it was just very interesting to like go into that. So excited, so happy and like being able to show the things that we've done. And then he's like, where are we like why are we not anywhere near where we said we were going to be so like that's like our biggest thing now is when we're going through any type of new partnership with a company that we're working with we're reiterating that expectation those goals like five six seven times in various meetings just to make sure that like we know exactly like what should be there Hmm, that's really good that's a good one you shared because a it's not like that bad you know obviously maybe you lost a client but it wasn't like you made a direct like a horrible really really bad thing but it is a critical lesson that you're obviously portraying it to a business owner somebody that runs like an seo agency or a digital marketing or whatever agency i would argue every marketer needs to do that whether you're a single marketing hire for a company you need to set the expectations of what am i working on what am i doing so then when you bring that report you bring some of that in it's not just like oh you wrote a blog post cool it's like well i'm writing them because of x y or z and then I'm able to show you those results. So that's critical for any marketer, not just even a business owner of a marketing agency or anything to like really just set clear expectations of what I'm doing. And kind of then you can always tie your KPIs or your results to those expectations. That's that's really good and helpful and something I've struggled with and now getting trying to get better at is setting expectations. Is That's just good for everything in life. You posted, or I should say Social Surge, your company posted about something called the social media ecosystem. What is that and like, why does it matter? I mean, first off, what is it? And then we can get into like, what it, why does it matter and how do we, uh, what do we do about it? Yeah, that's a good question. So we have like kind of made this, this ecosystem quote unquote, and I guess I don't know if there's a similar one out there or not, but like we call this our social media ecosystem. And anytime that we, again, start like a, uh, a not even a relationship, but like the process of potentially having like a new partner that we work with, like what we're doing in that is the first actual meeting that we do, like in, you know, over Zoom, like where we're sharing slides or anything, we're, that's like one of the first things that we talk about with social media and it's how we view social media. It's the process that we take on social media and 
again, just like the, the overall like view of, of it for us. It's important for us to like, to just jump back to like that last question to like set expectations of how we view social media. And it's like, you know, maybe even more important how we don't view social media. And what is it? It's essentially, it's like a big circle and there's different, there's four different things, technically five, but we talk through like what social media means and like kind of how you do it in a very, again, high level there, but it's talking about content is kind of at the top because you can't do anything on social without it. It's talking through like the next one there is the um, actual posting on social media, you know, because you take that post it on those platforms, making sure that you're doing the actual right thing. It's um, getting that content to your uh, actual website then, or excuse me, it's actually paid ads before then, I think. But so it's using paid ads in, from the actual content that you're using on social media, because we're, we're, we're really different in like uh, the approach we take with social and every client that we have on a social media side. We almost require, we try to require paid ads in some way, shape or form, even if it's an incredibly small amount, because organic reach is just dead on platforms like Instagram and Facebook and you're just not gonna grow without it. And then the last step of that is the getting them to the website you know, from the posts that you're doing on social media. And that's not every single post by any means, but it is having like a hub of all different content resources, you know, a way to contact you, everything, everything that you need, you know, kind of just goes back to that. So we kind of just like have it going around in a circle and there's technically like a little thing inside of it that talks about retargeting, you know, for paid ads to website, making sure that um, people actually are able to convert, see you more than once. And obviously if they're coming to your website, they have a, at least somewhat of an interest in what you're doing. So they are much more likely to see like a resonate well with like a retargeting type ad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no biologist, but for me, ecosystem means that things are feeding off each other. Um, like the ecosystem of animals or whatever is like, and, and there's, there'll be some biologist who somehow listens to this episode that just drills me for my, my wording. But like, I do think that that it's important because you could argue it all. Like, obviously you have arrows going from one to the other, but like it could be a social post. It could be a podcast. It could be the paid ad that eventually brings me to your website. But to simplify it for me, at least, is really just your owned property in the sense of a website. You own that, whatever. And then you have these rented properties, a.k.a. LinkedIn, a.k.a. Facebook, even a podcast in a sense you own it, but you don't like. And it's always trying to push, not push, inviting to say, hey, come to this owned place where you can learn more. You can eventually, to our benefit, buy. But like, it's just that kind of, and then from a website, I might say, yeah, I'm not ready yet. So I go follow your social media. And it's just this back and forth of, and I use like a party. You know, you go to a party, but like you, you don't, you can meet people there, but like you're never really going to go deep until you get them to your house and just hanging out or whatever. And I, I feel you can kind of break it down. Obviously, you can go to Social Surge on LinkedIn and they have the image, but I think really for someone who, you know, can't see us right now or can't see the image, it's really just key to have a website and you have social media that's wrapped into content and to your point, not just organic, but paid. And you spoke a little bit on that, but why is paid ads so important for your website and for just social media marketing and marketing in general? Yeah, if we're talking specifically social media ads, like the, the point I did bring up before is that organic reach just doesn't happen on platforms like Facebook and Instagram. Like it does every now and then on Instagram, but for people that are trying to build a, a just their 
following and build the actual community on social media, it's, it's so hard without that. And it's really important for like a lot of different reasons, but just being able to expand that specific type of like message that you're using to a broader audience and you can be so targeted with it. Like even though Facebook has had a lot of their data, just not, they can't use as much data as they have before, which is a good thing, but it's still so powerful. You know, you can target people in specific areas for, you know, really maybe not anything you want anymore, but a lot of things. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, organic content it can go viral, can be seen by a lot of people. Usually it isn't, but page you're directly targeting. If you know, uh, which is kind of something you said earlier, you have to know who you're kind of talking to just in marketing in general is who who's a buyer, who's a prospect, who's that ideal customer profile. So yeah, I agree with you. Paid ads, not my specialty. Haven't done a ton of them, but definitely see their need and their necessity in marketing in the marketing game. Now, you talked a lot about SEO being important, being important, but like, let's let's get tactical. What are one to two things I could do, a business owner could do that are not low hanging fruit, but could you know quickly improve my SEO? Does anything come to mind for like the few things someone could do without hiring you know Social Surge or any other kind of uh, top notch SEO company? The the quick things that you can kind of do on your own. So number one is just going to be jumping right back to Google business page, making sure that you have a Google business page, even if you're not necessarily local, like a local, um, like your local focus. But like if you have a physical location, like Google business page, making sure that there's photos on it, making sure that you fill out that information, like because at the end of the day, that is directly telling Google like what you want to rank for. And they even give you like options for like, they're not going to give you an option for something that doesn't get any traction. Like they don't know your local areas necessarily, but it's going to help you out just in a lot of different ways. So making sure you go through that completely. Asking for reviews is incredibly important on Google. It's a lot more than you probably think too. And Google just keeps saying that it's a higher emphasis, especially like on e-commerce organizations. Um, that's like, I think like the easiest, less least technical way like that you can easily help out with that type of stuff. Like something else you can do is just making sure your website doesn't have any like just super, I don't know, like glaring problems with it. Like if you go on it on your mobile device and it, you have to pinch to zoom, like that is a problem. And maybe you can't fix that. So that's a, a bad example there. But like, let's say there's a broken page, like you go in your navigation and you click the contact us button and it doesn't work. Like that's a a huge problem and hopefully like you can quickly fix that depending on like the platform you're on and stuff but just making sure like it, it's really usable i think would be like a good thing to just look at like go on your like know know if you're being used more on desktop or mobile go through your website on those areas and see like hey it actually took me like 10 clicks to get to to the point where I, they would actually contact me like that's a problem you know it should be mm. a lot less than that and it should be pretty easy um, so I, I'm not really like answering that question there because it's really no, hard to like some of these changes sometimes if you don't know what you're doing, but no, I users think those are good. Yeah. Yeah. Those are starts. I think, uh, to, to your, what you might've been trying, just trying to say before I, uh, interrupted you was the user experience is critical to the last piece you're, piece you're talking about is just like, 
use the damn thing yourself. Like try to go on your website, try to buy, like try to like so many people. And this is a recurring theme on this podcast. I didn't think there'd be some, but like it's so many times marketers, business owners, like we think unlike how we actually do stuff. Like if we actually went and did it, we'd be like, there doesn't need to be this much or whatever. What comes to your mind of some things about user experience that are either routine mistakes. You, you said kind of a contact page being, you know, kind of hard to actually get. Is there anything that else comes to your mind of like erroneous mistakes with a user experience or just websites? Misspellings is, is insane. Like it blows my mind. There's only so many in, especially if like you're just doing it yourself or kind of if you don't have a lot of experience in it and you're not incredibly like detail oriented, like that's fine. but put it in a word doc or something, you know, it's, that's like one of the biggest ones that I, it always surprises me. Um, that links, like, again, like I get that it's hard to like keep up on that if you're not looking at it, you know, like what I would honestly say is like the biggest thing you can do if you're, if you don't have a huge budget or, or anything is to just spend, like take an hour, two hours, every single quarter to look at your website, you know, like make sure that that's the time that if you, hopefully you have analytics there and look and see like, basic things, even if you're just looking at seeing like, are, am I having more users? And like, how am I getting these users? Like if, if you know that it, it can at least help. And if you can just like look at things like, are there broken links? Is this doing what I wanted to do, et cetera. Like you gotta give it a little bit of love. That's a, that's a really good uh, kind of actual takeaway someone I could take is that, you know, hey, every quarter, every on some, recurring kind of cadence you're checking your website you're just going through it making sure nothing's changed by some magical you know whatever that you have no broken links everything looks good into your point you know put put it through the word doc do spell checks like come on don't be lazy and make sure you know everything just reads reads smooth and there is no edits i like that now you talked a lot about or you haven't talked a lot but like it seems that a lot of the kind of some of your some of your bits are B2C, it's, you know, e-commerce or like, do you see differences in how a B2C to a B2B company does SEO, does website? Is there differences? What are like common ones that you could, you know, lay out that like, obviously, depending on which camp you fall in, you're going to do it differently? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're totally different. And I could go on and on about this. But I, I think like the main point, the main like takeaways from what the difference from B2B to B2C to maybe even more specifically to e-commerce is, is like the, just the intent. And that's something that like we've been really huge on it is just intent. And I did talk about this before, but I'm gonna even just like drill in more here is, you know, depending on like what the, the objective is or depending on like what your, you know, how much of an ask it is to do what you want someone to do. Like you have to really put that into perspective and like almost just put it into a point system, which is easier for us since we work with all these different, you know, types of companies. But if, if the ask is like something like us, like we're a marketing agency and the ask is to like maybe do an audit or talk with us and it's like making a big decision for your business that isn't something like buying a pair of shoes like it's a lot more expensive than that and it can make a huge impact on the the company you choose to work with like so we're never gonna go and just have like a very basic website with no education on it that just like says click and then like contact us like we don't even we don't even necessarily like we push people to contact us but we push people to look at our work look at our successes we've had and to try and build some trust there first you know because we're very much b2b and we had like one of our biggest focuses is blogging and making sure that we're just giving as much content as possible and much value as possible and just helping out anyone in the marketing space that's looking for it 
you know, if we get a question on something, that's something that we put into a document and we want to write more about that and to be able to answer that. So like it's a, you just have to remember that it's such a longer sales process from the B2B side, from something like uh, B2C, like if we're, if we're selling shoes, like just to go to back to that example, that it's, it's a lot smaller of an ask to have someone buy a, you know, 50 to a hundred dollar pair of shoes than it is to have them make a, a lasting decision on their business, you know, for, for that. So it's, it's really just going to be like looking at it from that mindset and just like looking at like, what are the different things you can do on your website to actually change that? And, you know, your, your question was like, what are the things that you can do? But it, so much of SEO is just really getting into and going in the direction of how someone uses your website and Google can tell if they're using your website in a way or they're coming to your website and not getting the information that they need like that's actually it's not going to do well for you in the long term of like ranking for things or if the if the goal of your website is to sell shoes and let's say like for whatever somehow you magically got to like number one ranking on men's white shoes and you have a million people come to your website and zero people make a purchase even though you're an e-commerce store you are not gonna be ranking number one long because that is the intent of your website is to sell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So really just like looking at it that way, I think is, is like one of the biggest things that you can do from that. And obviously like strategies really evolve based on that. And I had said before, like I can really go on and on about this, but I won't go too yeah. much into like that. <laughs> No, that's that's really helpful. Two things just come to mind is a the importance of a diagnosis. Uh, you don't go to the doctor and they say, hey, we're ripping your kidney out. And you're like, uh, why? You know, so like really diagnosing what are people using our website for? What do we want the intent to be? And I think that's really critical in just a lot of the content you're saying. And then the second piece to my initial question about the B2C, B2B, you did a really fine job of, job of breaking it down more or less in a sense of percent or level of consideration. Because B2B and B2C are definitely different, but let's say I'm selling B2B, let's say I'm selling some sort of like really low priced, not you know big kind of chat thing for a company like that's a low consideration. Like you may not need that much content. You may not need that many pages, but then you go to Apple and you look at their laptops or iPads, their sell pages are so long. I mean, they're just ridiculous amount of content showing and all that because they realize, Hey, as much as we're B2C, like there's, there's high consideration here. Do you want to buy an iPad? You're coming from droid or whatever. It's like, so they understand that, Hey, there might be more consideration. So we need to put more content. We need to put more examples, whatever that is. So it's not thinking through the simple lens of, Hey, we're B2C. We're be to be we're you know direct to consumer whatever it's really really thinking about hey consideration you know how much is our product being considered are we a huge kind of like you guys you're coming into a company changing their seo or helping them out like that's a big consideration like i i don't know maybe we should just do it internally or whatever so you know that's i think a key point that i took away from you talking there is hey yeah, B2C, B2B, we can think through that, but like it's really level of consideration that changes what we do on a website or changes how we approach some of this SEO stuff. And I think that's that's really critical. That's that's good. That's good. What are some what are some common you might have brought some up, but what are some common misbeliefs about SEO? Some things people believe that aren't true, and maybe some that you haven't included already, because you have included some that uh, you know people have already heard, but you can also restate those. Yeah, there's a lot here too. I would say, you know, common misconceptions for SEO. I hear a lot about backlinks and backlinks are amazing. Like they're great. They're, they're so great because they're so hard to get in a authentic, good way. And what I see a lot is people buying backlinks from something like Fiverr where they'll go and spend a hundred dollars and it's like, you'll get 
20 backlinks. And it should not be that easy for backlinks. And what'll end up happening when you do that is you're actually gonna, like you're gonna hurt yourself more than you're gonna help yourself. And in the short term, like you might see a little bit of a, a positive swing from that, sure. But you, there have literally been like larger organizations that have gone bankrupt from doing shady things from their SEO perspective where their website gets what's called blacklisted doing black hat SEO, which is like that unethical SEO and doing anything in that realm is just not smart and it's not going to help you in the long run. I guess it's just like the best way to say that. Um, so don't do anything in that realm. I say it's like, I don't know if that's a misconception, but it's something that like we see like people buying and it's like just, it's like buying followers on you know social media. Like what is this actually doing for you when these people are only commenting nice or what, you know, whatever. Yeah. For real, in, in I think there's two bits there of one, stay ethical in everything you do in marketing and in it. But B, it's like maybe the misconception is is that there's ways to like hack SEO. There's ways to not do much work and get, you know, all the benefits of the people that are doing the hard work of creating content and you're kind of dismantling that. Yeah, you may get a benefit here or there at the start or feel some surge, but you're not going to get this long-term kind of benefit from doing these, as, as you said, black hat or just unethical ways of kind of trying to build your SEO or just make your website um, higher up. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think too many times we seek out uh, the the hacks or the cheats and that's not, that's not good. All right, Eric, this has been a good conversation on SEO. I have three questions I always end the podcast on. It used to be two. Now it's three. We're obviously always improving, but two are on marketing, kind of the business and one will be kind of off it just as a heads up. So the first question, what is one thing you've changed your mind on in the last one, two, three, four years in regards to marketing and everything you do now? Okay. Hmm. That is a very, you've asking some good questions here, Jordan. <laughs> I would say something that I've changed my mind on. I, I'd say email. And I, so I, I have a very untraditional path to marketing to begin with. Like I was a, a finance, I was in the finance industry before coming to marketing and long story, there but um so i I didn't know a lot coming into the marketing industry and i I just assumed email was not like that valuable of a thing and i have been proved wrong time and time and time again on it and it is it's i don't think it's like the most important part of marketing but i don't think there's anything in marketing where you can say like this is the most important like they all work together so well and, and you need all of them to do like the right things but email is it's great and experience Especially if you're a B2C organization, like you, if you're doing, it's harder to do well for B2B, but you absolutely can and should like even that way too. But B2C, especially anything e-commerce, it's uh, with e-commerce, it's usually the best ROI that we ever see. Um, but e- email's great. And that is not what I thought coming into it. That's great. Yeah. You see so many of these articles or posts about emails, dad, you know, emails, whatever. Um, and I haven't, you know, maybe had significant benefits from it, but like, I, I love email so much just from the standpoint of you own people's email addresses. Other than text messages, there's really no other way to kind of control things rather than have Google. Because even with SEO, something that I've read a lot about is that like Google couldn't do a quick flip and like you're top, now you're like not bottom, but like you got shook by them where it's like, hey, I have email and obviously you can argue Gmail. All these different things could like do things that then you're ending up in the junk 
junk mail, but it's just different. And I, I've been very bullish on emails, not just collecting everybody's email, but building deep connections through email for the B2B side. But your point, B2C and D2C, like that, it's so important because you have a sale going on. You can just always have these kind of updates and you can drive just enormous value, aka profit and revenue, than you wouldn't be able to maybe on social media or other places. So that's that's a good uh, change of mind as I, I would say as well, I think I've changed how I view it. I always kind of thought it was important, but I've changed how I view how to use it and how important it actually can become. Second question, there's a movie called Inception. Whether you watched or not, I'll give a quick overview of kind of the main point is that they go in people's dreams and they incept ideas. So the next day they wake up and they believe that idea is theirs and they do it. They sell their company, they merge, whatever that big thing is. For you, if you could incept one idea in the minds of all the marketers or for you even like business owners, like so they wake up tomorrow and they're like, this is what I believe. Like I will now start acting out of this because it's my belief. What is that idea you implant, you incept in their brains? Man, these are good questions. I would say, I think it's just like making sure that every single thing that you're doing marketing is it's just like authentic, original, not like black hat or unethical, like just very much real because I see so many people like this hack, this growth hack, this blah. And it's like, yeah, a lot of that can work. But like at the end of the day, like the people that you're talking to, no matter what it is that you're doing, like behind a desk, behind a, you know, a huge organization behind Coca-Cola, like the people are reading what you're doing. And like we see it so often on social, it's like people overlook the fact that like social media is meant to be social. You know, it's everything you're doing in marketing. Like you're, you're there to build a community. You're there to build like a following, a brand, like whatever it is. Like I think that just making sure that you are like, I don't want to say like a good person, but like making sure that you're doing things just above board is I, I think the biggest thing that I would say like I would like to see overall. <laughs> That'd be a great uh, world if that actually happened. Yeah, people started to just act more human, more real, more genuine. Yeah, that would that would uh, I would die to see that world. Good good <laughs> idea. I like that one. That's a good one. All right, final question: What is one thing you do outside of business and marketing that when you come back to do business and marketing, you do it better because of that thing? I would love to hear other people's answers on this because I think that there's like two schools in my head that I go to right away, like. Obviously, like education is one that I just think about right away. Like if you go and do it, like you're going to come back with a different mindset on something or you're going to learn. But I don't know if that's exactly what you're trying to get to. And like what I would say, like outside of that, more like on a personal level, you know, I have a lot of different answers for this. Like I think that like journaling helps a lot, just like help my own thoughts through stuff. It's like if I don't understand something, I'm going to journal about it or write about it or whatever you want to say and just like try and figure out what the heck's even going on in my own head. Um, but like any type of exercise really helps me out there too, because I think it's the same thing. Like I'm able to just like work through things in my head, like going on a run or playing basketball or whatever that looks like. So a lot of different ways for that. I just don't exactly like know what type of direction you were going with that, but I think that. Yeah, no, yeah, you answered it. You answered it well. Journaling and kind of exercise. I feel, um, personally, those are two things that I leverage for my, uh, creativity and for my ability to be kind of efficient and effective at work is is kind of doing that journal before the day starts and exercising sometimes before sometimes after but it yeah it allows you to unplug the brain and just kind of let your 
yeah, like you said, figure things out, kind of figure out what's going on upstairs because we're never going to do good at our job if we just are going crazy upstairs, even though I'd argue like 50 to 60, 70% of most people are in that state of just mayhem in the head, which then results in just mayhem in their actions and their decisions. But that's a whole podcast for another day. So Eric, this is the last section. I open up the floor for you. Plug anything, your website, all the things you say in this section, I'll put down in the the show notes. If you have your blog, you mentioned anything you want to share with people where they can connect with you. The floor is yours. Yeah. I just think you know, if you just Google social search marketing, you're going to find us in a lot of places, socialsearchmarketing.com, looking at us on LinkedIn and just myself on LinkedIn. Um, Eric has pretty basic name, but looking at that with social search and you'll be able to find those types of things there. Awesome. Well, Eric, thank you again for coming on the show and thank you for delighting me with your SEO expertise as that's a huge area uh, that I don't know much about. So I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jordan. And this is the end of the podcast.